Hello, beloved children of God. I'm Grace Seaman, and you're listening to Catholic in College. I started this podcast because of an idea my lovely friend Annie Timmerman had to encourage other college students that we're not alone in practicing our faith, even in the midst of a secular college culture. I'm going into my junior year at UNL as a broadcasting video production major, and today I'm going to be reviewing my first few years of college and talking about what I've learned and what I wish I'd known. Alright guys, I'm so excited to be talking to you right now. So usually I'll start by introducing my guest, giving a little background information on them, and then jump into an interview. But my first episode is going to be a little bit different. Since I'm going to be asking people to come on the show and be vulnerable with me and all of you listening, I think it's only fair if I open up first and share my own story. So let's get into it. I am what you would call a cradle Catholic, meaning my parents are Catholic and they raised me and our family Catholic, which is awesome, already that foundation of faith. However, I kind of had it all wrong in my head. I thought faith was all about following the rules. I thought that I had to be perfect before God could love me. Um, It was my ultimate goal in life to just be the easy child. I have a lot of siblings and I saw them bringing their drama and bringing their problems to my parents, Uh, whereas, you know, sometimes I would do that, but most of the time I would try not to cause any problems. I would just be off by myself in my room a lot, reading, was very quiet and shy, trying not to burden anyone. And even at school, like I was an absolute, absolute teacher's pet, just trying to know everything and earn my teacher's praise. And I think I was the same kind of child with God. I was thinking that I just had to get to heaven on my own. I have to follow all of God's rules perfectly and then he'll love me and it'll be awesome. Uh, But I had it all wrong. I was, yeah, I wasn't open to his help in getting me there. So I was living this way and then... Eighth grade, we went on a retreat to the Holy Family Shrine, and we split off into different groups, and my teacher took us behind the altar, and she sat us all down, and I remember the exact word she said to us. She said, Jesus loves you just as you are right now. And I was like, what? This rocked my world. I was like, um... I'm not perfect yet, so that's impossible. Are you sure you should be teaching us? (laughs) But it was like this first little hint that I didn't have to follow all these rules to earn God's love. So that was just the beginning of it. It didn't really change anything about how I acted. So I got to high school and I was still searching for my worth in all the wrong places. I tried to get the perfect grades and yeah, I couldn't, couldn't mess up at anything. So I really, in order to focus on those grades and maintain that, I didn't socialize a ton. I didn't get super involved in anything. Yeah. My attitude was, Oh, I just want to be done with this. I just got to move on because this isn't, this isn't my future. High school is, it's only a few years. So don't get too attached to anything right now. Uh, Some of the things that I did actually get involved with were choir. I made some great friends there. 
And then I also was involved in campus ministry team. The team basically met once a week to plan retreats, which I never went on, and <laughs> Lenten services and holy hours, stuff like that to help other students grow in their faith. And another, I suppose, God moment, you'd call it, was when we had these individual meetings with our campus minister, and she asked me, okay, how would you explain our faith to someone else? And I was like, oh, easy. I would tell them all the important things first. Basically, God exists. Um, he exists in three persons. Uh, Jesus came down to die for us on the cross. And also he loves us. And she stopped me right there and was like, um, wait a second. You just said the most important part of our faith as an afterthought. And that, again, rocked my world. I was like, huh, maybe, maybe I've been doing this wrong. I haven't really gotten to know God as a person. I know of him, but I don't really have a relationship with him. So I remember one Lent deciding to pray every day, go into the chapel for at least 10 minutes a day and read the daily readings and then journal back to him. And then at the end of Lent, I just kind of stopped doing that because, you know, Lent is over, so I don't have to talk to him every day anymore. But what ended up happening is that I really missed talking to him. And so I was, it was after Easter sometime, I was like crying in my room about this. My mom found me and she's like, what's wrong? And I told her and she's like, we have to go to spiritual direction. So I went to spiritual direction with her and the priest that she goes to for spiritual direction. And I told him about this. And honestly, I was freaking out because I thought, oh no, if I actually like talking to Jesus, do I have to be a nun? It was, oh, I didn't want to do that. So I was just kind of like bringing this up, like, but it doesn't mean anything, right? And... His advice to me was just to be open, be open to both vocations. So I attempted to do this as I started college. I had heard about the Newman Center. My parents were super involved when they went here and I wanted to, okay, let's be honest. I just wanted to meet my future husband here. <laughs> I wasn't trying to make friends. The friends were only a means to an end of finding my future husband. And uh, maybe a lot of girls can relate to that. But I didn't know how to do that. I didn't know how to find these friends who were going to introduce me to my future husband. So I would just come here and study all the time and be like, where is everybody? Why am I not meeting people here? <laughs> just coming here to study. I didn't realize to be in community, you actually have to go to the community nights. I thought to myself, no, it's too late. I need to get up early for class. I can't stay up that late to socialize. So yeah, that's how it went first semester. And then second semester, I decided to take one of the non-credit classes taught by Logan Berta, Catholic literature. And I took this with a few of my friends and the class was awesome. Highly recommend it. Uh, but the first day of class, we were all handed this form to fill out, just like sort of get to know you stuff. And at the bottom, it asked us if we'd like to be involved in a Bible study. And 
I don't think anybody had asked me about it before that. Uh, so I just checked. Sure. Yeah, I'd like to be in Bible study. I didn't think anything was going to happen with it. And then I think the next day, another focus missionary here, Serena Stokes, texted me like, hey, we have Bible study on Thursday nights. Do you want to come? And it must have been the Holy Spirit just opening me up like, sure, yeah, I'll come. I'm free. And first joining the Bible study, it was probably my goal to help other people be better in their faith. I thought to myself, oh, I'm fine. I just need to show them how much I know and help them. (laughs) Oh, yeah. But what actually happened is I met all these wonderful girls and it was the beginning of a lot of authentic friendships, which I'm pretty independent. It was never my goal to make new friends. I was just kind of introverted didn't really want a big friend group. And yet when you have this relationship with God and he is just outpouring all of his love on you, you want to share that love with others. So it was another moment in my faith journey where I realized, okay, I don't have to do faith on my own. It's actually really awesome that there are all these beautiful women who are striving for the same thing that I am. And that is the foundation of our friendship. It was so cool. Yeah, so that was last spring, and then lockdown came, and I stopped going to Bible study. It was really just sloth took over. I it was I didn't want to get on Zoom. It was a hassle, yada, 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 whatever excuse. <laughs> and I was, since I was disconnected from that community, it was like a really low point in my faith. I was struggling with all these things that I hadn't struggled with before. Then I met with Serena again individually towards the end of the summer and talked to her about this and she still affirmed to me that God loves you no matter what and I was telling her about how my sister was going to be leading a Bible study and she asked if I might be interested in the same thing and I said I didn't feel worthy I didn't feel prepared to do it and she said God doesn't call the equipped he equips the called and still that reason at the time wasn't good enough for me I hadn't learned to trust yet but I kept this in mind as I continued with the rest of the semester and I just kept getting these signs that Jesus wants us to go out and call others and lead others Um, it was I was taking the other non-credit class here, Bible Basics, and we were going over the passage where Jesus looks at the crowd and he says, the harvest is great, but the laborers are few. And that struck me like, I think Jesus is calling me to be one of these laborers. So yeah, I decided to start leading a Bible study despite my, my perception that I wasn't worthy to. Yeah. So since discovering that faith isn't about following these rules on your own, it's really about relationship. I've tried to grow closer to each person in the Trinity. Jesus is obviously the first one. I feel like he's the most accessible just because he came down to us and died for us. And even though he only spent like 33 years 
with us. It's his words that are recorded in the gospels speaking directly to us. And yeah, connecting first with scripture, I feel like was the easiest entry into that relationship. And then after that, who does Jesus send to the apostles? Actually, on the day that I'm recording this, it's Pentecost. So we've got the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is just, I've learned to rely on him so much. When I know that I am incapable of doing something, I always pray to him to give me the strength to glorify God. And then finally, the person that I've tried to connect with is the Father. That was my goal this Lent, is to grow closer to the Father, just praying, Jesus, show me the Father. Because he's always talking about in the Gospels how he and the Father are one, and if you know him, you know the Father. So I just, imaginative prayer has become something very important to me. So my prayer to Jesus this Lent was just, Jesus, show me the Father. I need to be able to see him and hear him. I'm very practically minded, very, I need something tangible to be able to know him. And yeah, I just got this image of the father. I didn't want to think of him as this old frail man with a long white beard. I didn't want to think of him like that because I want my father to be strong, to be able to protect me and take care of me. And the father is just... If you've seen The Prince of Egypt, I think of him as being similar to Jethro, to Moses' father-in-law, just this big, joyous man who wants to welcome everyone into his family. And that's how I imagine the father to be. So, yeah, throughout this journey, I would say just a summary of it is God has been opening my heart to receive him first. We love because he first loved us, and I didn't get that before, but now I do. I can't give what I don't have. So being open to that love and being present and in the moment to receive that love, and then finally just accepting it and being loved. And honestly, I still struggle with perfectionism. (laughs) This is not the first time I've tried to record this episode. After I recorded it the first time... I felt like my story really isn't that unique and it does not feel that spectacular compared to somebody like Paul who was murdering people and then after a vision from Jesus, he did a complete turnaround. Yeah, it doesn't feel that, doesn't feel that special. But I was praying about this and I just asked Jesus to reassure me and the words that came to my heart were that um, he said, I'm the author of your life, so your story isn't without meaning. It's not without purpose. And that's enough. So whatever you're struggling with right now, know that Jesus loves you just as you are right now. He wants to tell you that he will help you get through this time where the whole world seems against you. You just have to come to him And let him have that relationship with you that he so desperately desires. Remember that you're never alone in your faith. Until next episode, let's all keep striving to be open, be present, and be loved.